you going as for Halloween? I'm not going to stupid Halloween. Why don't you go as a goblin? Shut up. It's not that we don't believe you, honey. Well, it was real, I swear! What are you going as, Gert? I'm going as a cow girl. So, what else is new? Maybe it was an iguana. It was no iguana. Maybe a... a you know how they say there are uh, alligators in the sewers? Alligators in the sewers. All we're trying to say is, maybe you just probably imagined it. I couldn't have imagined it. Maybe it was a pervert or deformed kid or something. A deformed kid. Maybe uh, an elf or a leprechaun. It was nothing like that, penis breath! Elliot! <laughs> Sit down! <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I thought you'd enjoy that, but I, <laughs> I love the penis breath remix. <laughs> penis breath. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I had the um, Attack of the Name game chosen as a song for like a week. I was like, because it's ridiculous. It's yep. a ridiculous song. And, uh, and then I'm like, what fits with that? Because you know what? Here on the Mezzanine Sleepover, which you're listening to, I'm Poops McKenzie. Along with my co-host, oh, I'm the uh, immortal Slip, and uh, out there in Toronto, me and Winnipeg calling in, as as is our uh, a new uh, setup here. But yes, uh, I, uh, sitting, by the way, sitting in a parking lot out of an ice outside an ice cream store. I'm sitting outside Lick's ice cream patio right now, like a fucking I'm, pervert, drinking some Wi-Fi from probably uh, <laughs> uh, Gondola Pizza, uh-huh. and uh, sitting in the old uh, Mister Hogan Max uh, strip mall. So. Pretty good, but yeah, so I, I, I needed an intro, and I'm like, well, based on our kind of theme today, I was like, well, I could do, you know, something 80s, and then I thought of E.T., and it just kind of fit perfect. So Of course. And then I was like, well, how do I, this doesn't have much punch to it, when it when it just ends with the with the, with the with the end of the scene. Yeah. Like, I gotta add in Penis Breath again, because it's classic. <laughs> I was like five when that movie came out, I watched it, I wasn't five yet, I don't think. And maybe I was, I was, I was in and around five, and I, I I'm sure it was an enjoyable scene you're like what's a penis what's a penis what what is that <laughs> so, so yeah uh, so I, I thought you'd enjoy that so I'm, I'm pleased that you did so uh we're gonna do a, a super duper mega i think two-parter again because two-parter, we, did, we yeah. did we did a lot of work for this one and, and as usual have gathered way too many songs because uh we, we did uh we did a mixtape project but but we'll talk about that in a moment before we get into that What's yep. uh, what's the general uh, what's the general news and notes? I I'd, uh, I've been uh, I guess there's been for me two things that yep. uh, that have caught my attention in the last week when it comes to you know the old Twitter. Of course, it's always <laughs> about Twitter. So let's so you go and then I'll I'll add some thoughts and tell you what I was thinking. The first one is is pretty quick and simple. Yeah, and that's that apparently. Uh, nothing that happens in uh, NHL preseason matters unless you win. I, you know, that was that was hilarious last night. It's just we like, spent we spent four games or three games or whatever, and it's like, oh, it doesn't matter. You can't say anything bad. You can't make a um, uh, you can't make a a negative comment about any performance because it's just preseason. It doesn't matter. And then 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 the Jets win, and then well, everybody's awesome. Oh, it was great. They, yeah. they were so happy. Uh, and I mean, I good, good. But, you know, yeah. And and then the second one, which yeah. I, I could probably talk about a little bit more. Okay. Uh, one of those losses was an 8-1 loss to Minnesota. Right? Oh, yeah. And people were furious, including Paul Maurice. 
That, yes, he was. Though he knew that Minnesota was dressing their starters. Yes, that the Wild for at least two days. That the Wild, when they were way up on the Jets in this game, that they ended up winning eight to one, were putting out their top power play unit, even though the game was out of hand. And people were like, "Well, how dare they? Why? Why? Why wouldn't they back off?" Basically, that's the question, right? And this but that's comes the up, point of preseason. But this comes up a lot in professional sports. Uh, Oh well, you're just you're just uh, running up the score. You're not backing off. You know, there's some sort of expectation that there's there's sportsmanship that needs to happen at this point, and that the winning team needs to back off. And my thought on this is, I, I got I've got two things. One is, if you're talking about uh, little kids, <laughs> like if I, had a, if I had a kid, and like it's if it's your kid. Uh, or, you know, it's you and your hockey team and you're playing the sport for fun, right? Yes. On your own time or you're actually paying to play it. And, you yes. know, in those cases, I understand the, the principle here. 100%. In professional sports, players are getting paid millions of dollars and fans are shelling out hundreds of dollars to see the games. I want my guy to go all out the whole way through the game. And if that means, and if that means you're way up and you just keep pounding the shit out of another team, fuck it. Yep. They don't have fuck a mercy it. rule for a reason. Yeah, they'd have the mercy rule. They'd keep running the clock. They don't have any of that. Sportsmanship in pro sports happens in many different ways, but it doesn't happen in the competitive balance of a game. And it the, doesn't. And the it second, has no place. The second one is, you know, I don't necessarily think it's a great strategy on the Wild's part. Guys, guys could get hurt. Yep. You know, it's pretty dumb to to do that. So from that standpoint, I wouldn't have done it, but No. but it's their decision to make. Yep. <laughs> and and lying about it is pretty pretty bad. You know, and then of course, the other thing is uh just this double standard about you know, I guess sports versus real life etiquette. So it's like, yep. well, if you are going to run up the score on us, which we think is mean, then you deserve a guy out there to punch you and hit you. Apparently. Like that's, yeah. that's acceptable. Oh, that's, yeah. that's an acceptable, uh, response is yeah. let's, let's have somebody be violent and hurt your players. Cause that's, that's right. Well, that's the culture of hockey, unfortunately. So, uh, anyways, that's, that's my, uh, those were the things that got my dander up. How yeah, about, how that about got you? my goat a little too. I saw that and I thought it was pretty bad. I, my, I was amused this week by one thing. I, I kind of got, I went into, um, and we're ta- we were talking Jets Twitter. Yeah. Cause why not? <laughs> I kind of got into, into the deep end of Jets Twitter. Uh-huh. You know when they talk about the deep internet? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is the deep Jets Twitter. Um, the kind of stuff where you see things where you're like, you know, you see things not safe for work. Yeah. You go into deep Jets Twitter with some <laughs> of the, some of the most, uh, deranged minds yep. of the fans. The dimes, the dollar store philosophers and such. And I saw this theory that was posited by somebody who I won't name. That the, now get that, I think I got this right. That the, that Jets management, this is his theory. Oh, it's a him. His theory is the Jets management is, um, has a secret plan to trick the fans into thinking that they're watching a, a team that's, 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 that's trying to win games. Well, executing a covert operation to do a 10-year rebuild of the team to get the stink of the Atlanta Thrashers off of them. What? Yes! In a series of tweets, that's what came out. That that's what's happening. It's a 10-year rebuild now. Oh, Because because it was worse than getting an expansion team, apparently. A 10-year laundering process? Yes, while tricking the fans (laughs) into thinking... That the team is going is doing things to get better. I, I there's no words to describe what I thought. I was like, is this real? <laughs> is this a real person saying this? And it's all real. And I thought I would I would share that because I I almost died. It was great. Did you you didn't respond? No, I don't. I don't respond to this person. Yeah. All right. I I barely venture in there. I think I've got a. I've got to guess. Oh, yeah, well, anybody who's listening who would know Jets Twitter would know who we're talking about. <laughs> you know, I, I, not safe for work. That started it. But yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. There's some. There's some. I've heard some theories on things. 
that's right up there. Oh yeah, of course. The secret plan. I'm gonna, it's good. It's good. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be able <laughs> to talk about that all throughout the year. I just think they have a secret plan to make money. That's it. Well, that's it. That's a, and it's a not so secret plan. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's just. It's just a seat. That's it. Let's uh, let's put in new seats that will make people pay more for, and the people that uh, pay don't pay a lot of money for the other seats. Fuck them. Yeah, and see, this person would tell you, fuck the people in the seats. They should suck it up or give their seats away. And I thought, well, you know, yeah, but also, you know, you did pay a lot for those seats. Yeah. You know, that's true north for you. It's true. That's what they do. We're true north. I watched, uh, I I was doing research on, not research, I was looking for a, a second intro for our next show. Yep. And because we're, we're 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 doing a TV taping style tonight, and um, I was looking at some. I was I, I stumbled across a, a video from 1998, uh, like a news report about the Moose losing money, and it was Chipman looking so sad about all the money they're losing. And I just thought, <laughs> will we see that? Because it's there's a good chance that we'll see this fucking guy, hat in hand, at some point in the next five years, maybe. Hey, gotta have If Melnick could do it, peg, man, this kind of shit happens. If Melnick could do it in Ottawa, yeah. you know, Melnick came along and it was like, hey, like deep pockets, uh, yeah. let's let's buy the sends. And uh, in the last couple of years, got no money. I, and you know what? <laughs> I wonder how long it will take because everybody, the the big fallback for 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 Jets fans who like to pretend that you know that this isn't a business or that you know the business is fine, nothing ever will go wrong. <laughs> You know, with all we got the deepest pockets in Canada, you know, backing this team. And it's like, yeah, you know, first of all, that just means that team could move to Toronto at any point. <laughs> first things <laughs> yeah. first. But the other thing, too, is like, don't think that, that, that Mark Chipman isn't above going hat in hand out. He's done it before with the Moose. He did it. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's operating this team. They're operating this team out of a fucking tin can <laughs> that fits the bare fucking minimum for the nhl so you know don't be surprised i said five years there'll be something there'll be some kind of controversy it's it's just what it is living here i you know this isn't toronto right it's not toronto where where where, you know it's you never worry about that kind of stuff you worry about it here that's just the nature of the city i got tickets to see the uh, jets when they play the leafs here standing room that's what was left no 70 bucks Jesus. If you Christ. want if you if I wanted to plunk my ass in the seat, it was like 120. Fuck so sake. it's I I forgot the one place that's worse than Winnipeg. Yeah, well there's like there's average ticket price jets are what fifth or sixth. They're so, way, they're way way but up. But they're there. like that's they're way up at the top. And people like way to brag about it. It's like look how much we pay. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> in your face. In your face. My favorite thing uh that that I like and that I think is 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 my favorite mm. stat, I think though. Has to be that that the Jets have like the the uh, the lowest you know like one of the lowest uh, uh, attendance averages in the league. <laughs> Just to make people mad, it's like, well, they do. It's a fact. <laughs> it doesn't matter that there's not enough seats. It's just it's a fucking fact. Yep, straight up <laughs> in the in the in the bottom quarter of the league. So anyway, ah, uh, Jets. So classic. Uh, so let, you want to get right into the main event? Let's get right into it. All right. So, whose idea was this in the end? Uh, it was a, it was kind of a combination. So I, I thought you want a it'd be fun tape. to do a, a mixtape style. Because I had a few thoughts, and I thought, you know, I done, you know, I thought it could be something to keep a, a limit. You'd have to kind of actually put some thought into how you structured them to fit them on a tape. Um, and then you kind of went with the the '80s kind of theme. But I don't think we did a real like solid theme. Well, you you wanted to do mixtape, and then. I suggested we start with doing an 80s mixtape, and then we yep. were going to do an hour. Yep. And then, like, five minutes into picking songs, I I reached out and was like, let's do an hour and a half. Yep. So. Yep. <coughs> it's a 20-minute cassette tape, basically. Ooh. Damn. What's up? Woo. Just uh, put some water down the wrong way there. Uh-oh. <coughs> Woo. You're dry drowning. Damn. All right. So uh, we went uh, 90 minutes. Which yep. and and we had to we didn't actually make well I didn't I'm assuming you didn't actually make a tape, but no uh, I didn't I didn't make an actual <laughs> tape. You're no. gonna stick it in your tape player and play it over the speakers for the yeah, uh, well, for, for the, the show. I got the I got the boombox. Yeah, up to the phone. <laughs> so uh, 
but we had to follow mixtape rules. So you could only do an hour and a half of content. Our sides had to be 45 minutes or less. Yep. Uh, And you had to think about it as in you stick the tape in and you let it play and you work your way through your music. So you've got to, you know, there are are certain rules that, uh, that I follow and I'm assuming that you follow as well. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I have in the past. Uh, this one wasn't so easy. I thought it'd be really easy to kind of get back into that um, swing of things, but I found it hard trying to devise a mixtape without having to sit there and listen to the stuff. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you kind of the idea that I had with mine. Okay. <clears throat> and then you can talk through yours. And yes. Then we can, and then we can go track by track. And this this week, and we're recording this all at once, but we're going to do part one here with side A, right? Side and, A. And then we'll flip to side B for next week. Um, yep. So for me... I was like, okay, I, I I just started picking songs, and then I yeah. figured I'll pick this, some songs, and then I'll look them over, and then I'll figure it out, and I'll and I'll kind of fine tune it. And what I finally decided was, okay, I had to make sure, obviously, that I fit the forty five minutes per side rule, which actually led to some challenges. Yeah, um, I had to make sure that um, I want I wanted a good mix. I wanted a mix of genres. Yeah. So you know. <clears throat> some good old, some good old rock and roll, some some pop music, some rap, yep. some power ballads. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that I had a huge representation there. Um, I wanted to make sure that I had a good mix of like, okay, here's stuff that I really like that that wasn't necessarily overly popular, but I liked. Here's some stuff yep. that's quote unquote cool. Here's some stuff that's not. It's just this is a hit. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> uh, the you know songs that might you know be obvious to have on a mixtape. I wanted some of those. I wanted some that weren't so obvious. Um, I was missing a Canadian song, so I went back and actually forced one in. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. tough. Yeah, I, Canadian song. Uh, yeah, and uh, and I wanted to make sure that the whole decade was represented. So ah, you've got songs okay. From, wow, you really you really took it to the to the next level. Well, and I have to say that because when we go through the songs, <laughs> it's going to be like whoa, like. <laughs> Where's you know, that coming from? Yeah, and and again, there's nothing on here that's completely out of left field. You're gonna know everything okay. I play, uh, but um, well, this, what about the listeners? Well, will the listeners know? Yeah, they will. <laughs> I, I hope that most of them would, but it's not. You know, there's there's some popular stuff, like like quite a bit actually, okay. but it's not like it's uh, girls just want to have fun, followed by uh, by some wham. Okay. You know, followed no, by. So it'll 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 be like a bit of a thinking a thinking person's here, kind of. Uh, here's some bangles. Discerning uh, mix. You know, it's Good. it's it's not your regular like let's go to eighties night at the bar. Okay. Kind of mix where it's you know you know what you're gonna hear like video kill okay. the radio star which is a tune I really like is not on here. Yeah. Um. But but there is still enough on here because I wanted to make sure that that part was represented because there's nothing wrong with it. I like that too. It's just yeah. my uh my eighties taste is as you know pretty vast yes uh so well, you well i i went a different way i i hemmed and hawed about this i actually didn't get this done until today so we were supposed to uh record on monday and i was like I, i'm not ready um i had i i went back and forth with this um a lot of my lists tend to be really um steeped in oh i have stories about this this is what i listen to i can remember talk about this uh originally i wanted to do like okay i'm gonna do you know, this is Friday Night Saints roller rink or, you know, classroom dances. Yep. But <clears throat> I kind of I kind of wanted to get, uh, you know, maybe stretch it out a little bit for this one. Yeah. So what my, my theme is pretty simple. And, and, you know, I could have done easily. You know, you said girls just want to have fun. I think that's my favorite 80s song. Yeah. But I'm, it's not on here because it's like I could do that and I could talk about it. But I wanted to kind of challenge myself a little bit. So what I did was I went with songs that I really like, and this is all out of my library. I didn't seek out anything new yeah. that I, that I, that I didn't have in my library as of, you know, like last night, but I wanted to go with stuff that I didn't listen to in the eighties. Oh, nice. That I like now and why and stuff. And there's some good stuff that comes in with that. So I don't really have a super solid mix of all different genres, but I, I would say I got, some decent style mixing. If I look at this, it's not too bad. And there's a few that you're going to like that. You're going to be like, yeah. And, uh, and some maybe not, but I think it's a pretty solid list. So the, the other thing is in terms of ordering it, I tried to make sure like openers were good openers and you didn't, yeah. you know, you kind of went down one path, but then you switch it up like mixtape style. <laughs> yeah. So See, at- mine, 
I I kind of I kind of stuck chronological a little. Okay. It's not perfectly chronological. It's pretty chronological, but the two openers are are bangers. So that's good. And uh yeah, so um I don't think that I have many stretches here. But uh, we'll get into it as we go. All right. So we're starting with yours, right? We can start with mine if you want. We're going to start this side A is with yours. We each have 10 tracks. Yeah. And so, I'm going to do my first two tracks because my first track is a short one. And I thought, and we'll get in right to it. My, my first track, and then I'll do second track right after because there's no point. What I want to do is open this like a cassette. Yep. So why don't you play track one? <laughs> <that> I... <laughs> nice. So I got the XDR tone burst in there. Yep. Turn that one off. That, you know, the old, the, the old, uh, manufacturer testing for loss of audio frequency bullshit all the tapes back in the day i it confounded me for many many years and then you know then 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 you know behold the internet and then finally learn what it was you have to go to the library to figure it out it's not very exciting i never understood what it was but i i couldn't help but open it with that uh my real opener is uh is track two and um well why don't you just play it so we can kick it off Oh yeah, how about I play this yeah. again for a sec? Because I like that so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's much louder than it normally would be, right? Yeah. All right. It's so quiet. No, no. So okay, here we go with track two. So this is the Clash, Magnificent Seven. The. Uh, Side one, side A track one off uh, 1980 Sandinista. I, I probably say this is like my favorite Clash song. Is it? I didn't listen to the Clash until like probably 10 years ago. I probably knew one song by the Clash. I know, like, this I know like three and I don't know this one. Oh, it's amazing. This song, if you listen closely to Check the OR by Organized Rhyme, yeah. you listen to the, to the Bones uh, verse, Tom Green. You'll hear a, a very quick sample of Magnificent Seven in there. And uh, and when I sought it out many years ago, I was like, wow, that's The Clash. And I was like, I should listen to The Clash. So I got like London Calling. You know, I knew Rock the Casbah, but then I got Sandinista. Just a massive, you know, double LP craziness. Pretty awesome. So that's, that's my first track, uh, Magnificent Seven by The Clash. A definite recommendation for anybody looking to listen to some Clash. It's a little bit funky, and you know, it's uh, um, the uh, uh, what the fuck was I gonna say? I can't even remember. Oh Jesus! Hot, and I, I don't, I don't recall. But uh, yeah, that would be one to, to check out. All right. My uh, side A, track A, this actually is one that threw things off a little bit overall, yeah. because, you know, most songs, three to four minutes, right? Yeah. Well, this is seven minutes. Yeah, I was going to say that. What I forgot to say was I have a lot of long songs on mine. Yeah, so mine, this this kind of knocked it out of sync and made it tougher, right, to fill in those uh, yeah. those precious minutes on each side of the tape. But exactly. uh, this is probably, I would say this is... I, I can't I can't say it's immediately like number one of all time, but it's top five like side A track one tunes. Alright. Here we go. You can hear that, can you? Yes. <clears throat> so this is uh Mama by Genesis. Yep. Um, it's awesome. Ladies tape with Genesis classics. Of theme. course. Of, well, and I had to start right away into this. And this is this is from um, uh, their self-titled album, 1983, yep. Uh, yep. is when it was released. This is the opening track. Uh, it's about a hooker. Is this where he does a sinister laughing? Right. <laughs> he does a sinister laughing. Awesome. They do a lot of smoke. They do a lot of smoking in the uh, in the music video. Yep. Uh, because they're cool. Right. Well, there it's it, Genesis gets hard. This is a this is like it's a great track. It, it really is, uh, but uh, it's all spooky. Got some. Music. Yeah, should have saved that for the Halloween show. <laughs> Here we go. Got a little fill in action. Oh, 
and I'll, uh, I'll yes, I'll scoop it ahead to the uh, the, the laughing. Yes, you got to do that. I need to hear the laughing. Let's see here. Go. Ah, yes. So yeah. Oh Jesus, Phil! Like that, that is that is that's creepy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Good I, song. I, I forget. I read somewhere what his motivation was for doing that uh, that laugh, but I uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. So I um, like uh, I like um, I like Genesis Mark Two. I like second version of Genesis better. Oh, with uh, with Phil, with Phil. But I'm like, a, I got like a soft spot for Phil. There, there was a period of time where Genesis with Phil, which is there's a period where Genesis with Phil is my favorite too. Um, yeah. probably about um seventy eight. Like then there were three was an album that came out. That's with Follow You, Follow Me. Yep. And through to uh, Invisible Touch. Yep. After that. And kind of dropped that, off. Yeah, it dropped yeah. off, and and it took them a few albums, I think, to get it together too. Before they uh, they kind of found their groove. Yeah. Uh, but essentially, it was when they got down to just the three of them for a period of time. It was great. Yeah. Uh. All right. So we're on to uh, track. Well, track three, technically. Track two of, of tunes on. Yeah, yours. just call it track three. The first track was my was my, <laughs> to, my was my tone burst. So there you go. Um. Track three. Now this, I was I was excited about this one because it was eighties. And, uh, you know, I, I for sure did not listen to this in the eighties. Uh, and, uh, it should be, uh, anybody who kind of knows me and the music that I like would, um, would know that, uh, this would be, uh, would be a kind of a slam dunk. If I could find a good one from the eighties by this group, they had one album in the eighties. So here is the song off of that. Go ahead and play it. All right. That's Parliament. No. Agony of Defeat. That would be off uh, another 1980 track off Trombipulation. Yep. Which I, you know, the only place I really ever heard this, even in the 90s, was probably on the, on like the best of. Um, it took a while before I got this album. The album's not very good, but this is a great song. <laughs> uh, what? That's lots of, lot, you'll find lots of samples in this one. I'm sure. You know, How to Survive in Self-Centered by Ice Cube, Do What You Like by Jill Underground. Oh, yeah. Funkadelic had one album in the 80s, too, but this was far... This album was better, and this song was a clear head and shoulders above. So I was very excited to put a, a Parliament song in here. Oh, here we go. This is genius fucking music. I always love when they, like, instruct you how to dance. I know. It's genius music. Harlan right. Funkadelic. All right. Let's talk. Absolutely. All right. So this is my track, too. Um, I think I'll just play it. Okay. Go for it. I wish I wish I knew this album like way sooner than when I did. Yep. Good old Stone Roses. This, I know, this, right? I know. Like, I uh, I got into Fantastic Stone. Band. I got into Stone Roses in '96, and I was at a um, I was actually at Toad in the Hole, uh -huh. and they were playing it, and I was like, "What is this?" And I was informed that it was Stone Roses, and kind of took off from there. And you, back when you still had to go and like buy a CD. Yeah listen to it yeah and uh, just go online and listen to it on youtube yeah so i uh this was uh yeah i wish i'd known this album like in 89 but i mean in 89 i wouldn't have i was 12 and the, and what uh the track what track is that anyway this is she bangs a drum yes here we go here's the, the chorus Very nice. This band was like 
they, I know they put out some other good music, like I've grabbed some tracks from other albums, but this was very much like it. <laughs> yep. Like, I, there's some longevity to the band. I'd love to see them play, but this yep. album is, is, you're already at the, the, the peak. It's the monster album. Yeah, and then you just kind of go downhill from there, but this is yep. a great album, and if you don't have it, it's something that everybody should pick up. So, anyways. Ag- agreed. Uh, and that's, that's, yeah. All right. I'm still bebopping in the car. I'm sure. No cops have come and asked you what you're doing? No, but I'm hoping there's something. Some guy came into Licks, the ice cream patio, and shut the lights off. All right. But, uh, yeah, I haven't heard, uh, I I haven't been disturbed. I actually haven't seen any pizza coming out of this gondola. (laughs) (laughs) Must be a slow night at the end. They're not not pushing as many pies tonight. (laughs) So we're on. So, uh, my track four here. Yep. Um, is one of particular interest to you. Oh, great. Let's just play it. All right, here we go. It's got to be my favorite Pete song. Past it. This is I Don't Remember by Peter Gabriel. I've got, I've got Pete on mine. I'll just spoiler yeah. alert. Again, another 1980 track. Uh-huh. Off, uh, whatever. Peter Gabriel. Three. Peter Gabriel three. This Mel, is, whatever people call it. It's technically it's just Peter Gabriel, if you yeah. want to be real technical. But they'll call it three because it's his third solo album. Yeah. And uh, Melt is the name they'll put on it because of the, the cover. This album yeah. is Peter Gabriel's masterpiece. It's so good. Yeah. And I credit you for Peter Gabriel. Just you talking about him for so long. I was like, well, I might as well check this motherfucker out. Yeah. And get past, you know, Steam and get past Sledgehammer and get past, you know, and get into and go into the deep tracks. I would. I would uh, just, it, it's great. Good stuff. I would just if you're going to buy one album, it's this one. Oh, yeah. No, 100 percent. This is a great album. You know, that fat ass bass, though. Jesus. <laughs> so good. Ah. I don't remember. <laughs> I I'm, can't recall. <laughs> I, I'm pleased. All right. I know. It's a, definitely. It's a five star jam. It was one of the first ones. I'm like, I got to put this on. There's no question. Um, all right. Now we get a little bit more obvious with my stuff. Here we go. All right. I got my mind set yes. on you. I got my mind set on you. I got my mind set on you. Is there really much to say? Not really. It's George Harrison. I'm just sad it actually wasn't. This song is just six words long by Weird Al. Uh, I was looking through Weird Al stuff and was thinking of putting it uh, something on here, <laughs> but I, I didn't. But there are a few songs on this mix that had some Weird Al uh, parodies. Yeah, but yeah, this but, is a pop masterpiece. Yeah, it's just you know, nice and easy, nice and easy yep. little tune. Right, child. All right. I like when the saxophones come in. Well, of course. That's my favorite part. I've like come full circle on saxophones. I used to hate saxophones when I was younger. I was like, I fucking hate these. Maybe that's why I was so bad at tenor sax. Did you like that? Uh, what was it? That Gino Sisirko or whatever yes. song awesome. that they said? I, the first time I heard that song, when that saucy sax came in. Yeah. So good. Like, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah, it took me back to the old days. I was like, that's play that in jazz band yep that's exactly so what good i thought the old tenor sax for those who don't know me i was i was in jazz band and uh as were you of course and i i played tenor saxophone and i was i was the worst i don't think i practiced ever the only time i ever did anything decent was when i played bass for a song and it was pretty good but, and you yeah. also uh and in regular band you played bass clarinet which you tried a little harder at yeah except, i think i was i think i was pretty good at, at bass clarinet except when you went on strike I did go on strike once. <laughs> um, the, 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 at our school, there was only two bass clarinets and three players, and I was in grade 12, and I felt like it was my right to not have to share because I was the senior player. Uh-huh. So I went on strike, and you know what? I got my way. Yeah, so I sat there with on strike on my band folder and sat there refusing to play until the, until the, uh, until the band uh, instructor decided to let me do it. Good old uh, Colleen. A good old life lesson that you, that you yeah. learned. Like just yep. don't work, and they'll and you'll get your way. Yeah, well, that's you know, that's 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 our that's our liberal way of doing things. So we're track five. Track five for me. Uh, this one is uh, you know anybody who likes music, 
and likes 80s music should like this track. Take it away. Oh, damn. Close to crossover. Close to crossover. Close. I didn't didn't do it in the end, but oh, this was up there. Yeah, this is a five star. Um, Tom Tom Club Genius of Love. 1981. I'm sticking way at the at the early 80s right now, but um, uh, I'm a big fan of like about five Mariah Carey songs. Yep. And fantasy is absolutely one of them, and it's just it's just listening to the that one and then listening to this one, and they're both so good. So I'm uh, there's a bit of a Mariah Carey theme. Uh, of course, <laughs> <this> podcast <laughs> going on right now. But also, uh, Ice Cube. I'm back to Ice Cube again. Uh, does quote. This song in Bop Gun One Nation, which is one of my favorite hip hop songs of all time. Have you seen Straight Outta Compton yet? I have not. Oh, gee, you're gonna die. When I, you I know, see it. I have to see it. It's so fucking good. I went again last week. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was, uh, we went out to a movie um, for the first time in a while. Uh, our son stayed over at my mom and dad's, and uh, my wife wasn't really into watching Straight Outta Compton, so we went to watch Jurassic World, which was a fucking thrill ride. So I was okay. There, I'm okay. Spoiler alert. Okay, I've said it. Spoiler yep. alert. That fucking movie. You know, I was watching it. And I was, I was, um, I was entertained throughout. Like I was like, this, this isn't a masterpiece, but this is a fine. You know, yep. it's not as crappy as Lost World for sure. Yeah, not as good as the original Jurassic Park, but uh, yep. but a pretty good movie. But yep. then fucking, <laughs> fucking T Rex and Velociraptors against like the. Uh, <laughs> The whatever like, it is, yeah. whatever it is, it was like the best closing scene to a movie it was so ever. good. <laughs> all teaming up, all tag team style, was like, it was so good. It's like this is the greatest. This is the greatest ending to a, a movie ever. You can't get much better than that. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, so happy good. with that. That that totally made the movie worth it. Yes, um, and that is how we go from Tom Tom Club to to dinosaurs. That, of course, in about one minute. <laughs> uh, so here's where we oh, we almost had crossover. We had album crossover. Here we go. So this is Pete. Yep. Games Without Frontiers, again for Melt. So good. This part here, for the longest time, I didn't know what he said. Yep. He's saying Games Without Frontiers in French. He's saying Je Sans Frontières. That's right, he is. Yep. I didn't even notice that shit. Well, you learn something new on the Mezzanine Sleepover every go. time. Anyways, I like this song. I like this song too. It's um, probably not my favorite song off the album. Uh, my favorite song off the album's got to be Biko. Well, Biko is a classic. Uh, it just Biko didn't fit with the the format of this uh, tape. Oh, but Biko's, that's a banger though. Biko's good... on that album too, though. It's just there's there's way too much on this album. It's I... it's it's far too good for its own good. So, anyways, that's uh, it's got a little whistle. I know. You, mean, you can't go wrong with whistling in that uh, song. All creepy. All right. Here we go. Here's the chorus. All right, go for it. If looks could kill, they probably will. In games without frontiers, all without tears. Ah, oh, Pete, you creepy bastard. I love Pete. All right. I also love Phil, though. So there we go. So I go a little off format. In my sixth track. Oh yeah, is it right now? I'm, well, I'm kind of. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm kind of in a, you know, I'm in a, you know, I got the Clash and I got, you know, a bit of a funky Clash song. I got a real funky Parliament song. You know, Peter Gabriel. You know, you're you're kind of cerebral at this point a little bit maybe. And now I just, you know, I I then I just drop this so you can play it. Of course, it's Unchained by Van Halen. Oh. I did not know more than one Van Halen song for a long, long time. And I, I now have every Dave album. Because I just, I, I mean, I'm, the, I'm a kind of a guitar guy. Yeah. Kind of. I'm a low-level guitar guy. 
and I'm just astounded listening, and I, I just can't, you know, what Sammy Hagar all went down, you know, all of it. No, no, not, not their, not that much money they made, so good for them. But, uh, yeah, this is another, 1981. Um, my favorite part about this song is right in the middle, there's this little part where, 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 where Dave, David Lee Ross starts kind of, he starts, uh, you know, you know, riffing a little bit. And he does this whole thing where he's like, hey man, that suit is you. You'll get some leg tonight for sure. Tell us how you do. And then you hear the the recording engineer come on the intercom and says, like, come on, Dave, give me a break. And probably one of the worst moments in a song ever. In this, like, ridiculously cheese deluxe voice, he's all, hey, 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 one break. Coming up! And it sounds contrived and terrible, but only David Lee Roth can pull it off. And, uh, yeah, uh, this is one of my favorite Van, probably one of my two or three favorite Van Halen songs. I love it. I never realized how goofy Van Halen was until about like ten years ago. Oh, and, I, yeah. in a good way though. Yeah, no, it's it's fun music, and I always, growing up, I always thought they were heavy metal. They're so not heavy metal. No, Jesus. they're not. Just hard, good hard rock. Oh, that's great. I, I've always found Van Halen to be a really um, a unique band, too, in the way that their songs are structured, completely around guitar riffs, as opposed to other bands that will lay more rhythm in. Yeah. When the, of the singer, it's all the singer contorting himself around Eddie Van Halen. It's a really cool <laughs> dynamic that you don't get very often. It's pretty awesome. All right. You'll like it. a very math rock feel in some way. <laughs> you'll like this one. Here we go. Okay. Yes. Now everybody, have you heard? If you're in the game, well then it's just the way it works. Yes. Don't take no round. Don't take no I have three comments about this song. Okay. Oh, here we go. Woo! <laughs> the fucking classic. <laughs> All right, so... Number one. I think I know one of your comments. So number I'll one, you. it's yeah. in Billy Madison. Yes, there it is. In a great it's scene. On the, when he drives up to school, high school, and he, and he sits on the, he leans on the on the hood of his car and pops his fucking jacket collar. Well, and the joke is that he's gone back to high school. Yeah. So he's like five years removed from high school or something like that, right? Yep. But he has to go back. So yep. when he goes back, he's trying to be cool. Yeah. And it's, you know, at the time this movie was made, it was 94. Three. 93. Yeah. 90, yeah. So he shows up at high school with an REO Speedwagon t-shirt and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and in his, like, in his, like, bitchin' automobile, listening yeah. to the stroke and, like, hanging out on his car like that's gonna get him popular. Oh, good. And the kids just couldn't give a fuck. Nope. So there's that. The second yeah. one is that this is a great tune on, uh, Rock Band. Yep. Or Guitar Hero or one or the other. It's just yep. so much fun to play. Yep. And the third one is, I don't think they have bass in this song. I don't think so either. I think it's just guitar and drums. Yep. <laughs> it's a rock classic. A great song. Good, good way, good to uh, to include that. All right, hopping back, making some good time here. We're on track eight. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. We're on track uh, track seven for me. Track seven for you. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Go. All right, so, um, well, I'll just play it and then we can talk about it. All right. Love it. Oh, yeah, it's Falco. There, call me sorry. Fucking fantastic. <laughs> This is, I, I didn't even, I knew this existed, but I never really listened to it. Probably like maybe six or seven years ago. And it just blew my mind. Saucy little riff. You know what? I'm listening to it on your on, uh, on the big ass headphones right now, and it's even better. Yeah. Yeah. This is an amazing song. It's such an amazing song that when that uh, uh, American group ATF redid it the same year, that even that was decent. <laughs> so good. But like you know the the, the chorus itself and the, and the little oops are so good. Here we go. 
One of my favorite like things about about this song and about yeah. uh, the song "99 Luft Balloons." Yep. Uh, like the both versions where they sing, they're singing in German. Yep. We used to when we used to be at the bar, me and uh, Mistopheles, like two little pricks. We'd find people singing to the song, and we'd be like, "What are you singing?" <laughs> it's not the song. What? And we're like, "What words are you singing?" You're are you singing are, the wrong like, words. You, we're like, "Do you know German?" <laughs> like two assholes. I love not knowing the lyrics. I don't even try. I just, I just like kind of like warble it and then do the ooze. Uh, <laughs> so good. So good. Ch- like one hundred percent recommendation of just a song that will enrich your life. Uh, all right. Actually, this is kind of uh, it's not it's not the same song kind of at all, but in terms of like uh, its intensity, it's kind of similar. Okay. I'm going to play that intro again in a second because there's just so many amazing things, but here we go. I know. So this is Hollow Notes. Yep. I can't go for that. I have, I, you know what? There's a lot of good Hollow Notes. They are tremendous songwriters. And this... If they, I think they wrote their songs, right? I think so, yeah. Yep. But this is, uh, this is my favorite tune by them, I think. I'm going back to the start for two a second because there's just so many good little things in it. Like here, yeah. hold on here. You get in a second here. You get the little like the little background guitar right here. Yeah. Deep, 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 deep. Yeah, and a little and cascading then, keyboard there. And you get a little. There's a little um, shaker. Yeah. And a little like it's like the wood block. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's good. And, I like it. It's a good song. Yeah, love me some hollow notes. So, anyways, that's I can't go for that. That's uh, yeah, that's my uh, it's my next track. All right. Well, track eight for me. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get the get the dance floor filled. Oh yeah, here we. You want me to just play it? Go for it. Ronnie Hudson in the street, people. West oh. Coast pop lock. Love this track. Yep. Great. Uh, what? 1982. Just a single. Not even off an album. And of course, sampled by dozens of artists. Of course. Most notably, Tupac in California Love. The uh, the uh, the uh, not the remix. The original single version but doesn't sound like it at all no uh, just the just the words and you know pop walking at the holiday inn is would be fantastic i also like though the, the idea that it's like i'm at the howard johnson like if you're at the howard johnson in winnipeg yep it's not not exactly <laughs> break dancing your fucking face off from ronnie hudson i sometimes when i listen to some of these songs this is one of them i'd be like Imagine just existing as like an adult or like a or like a late teens and being like, you know, kind of in that scene and just it'd be like that's nuts. Like that's da- this is dance music. Shit. <laughs> dance music. Yeah. So uh, pop locking all over Los Angeles. You know, if it wasn't for, you know, getting killed, it'd be so fun to live in Compton. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So much oh, good, on. so much good music. I know, just nuts. Uh, all right, this this one is probably one of the most obvious ones that I put on all here. Right. Do it. Yes. I was at the point. This is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven tracks in. Yep. I figured this is the part where it's like, okay, stop fucking around. Yep. <laughs> Let you know, just just go all balls out. Love this song. 
And this I, is one where if, if I was doing things I listened to when it came out, this would be on it. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. But I did listen to this when it came out. I had, uh, I, I, oh, my cousin Glennie had, had New Jersey, I think. I don't think I had this, but I had a, a KTL compilation with this as, as the lead track. So, so much listening. I can imagine. And I'm not a, I'm not a Bon Jovi fan, but. No! I like Slippery When Wet. That's the first tape I ever owned. And yeah. this is by far my favorite track by, by him. Oh, yeah. 100%. So good. Pretty clever lyrics, too. I know. What well, love is bad medicine? And there's actually, I don't know, um, did you ever see, uh, obvious, or you, haven't, you don't watch a lot of Saturday Night Live anymore, right? No, not really, but, you know, I see clips and hear that, so go for it. Ever heard of John Bovey? <laughs> No, I haven't. <laughs> there's there's a clip. It's kind of goofy, but they have they talk about the band John Bovey. It's the opposite of Bon Jovi, <laughs> including <laughs> your hate is like good medicine. <laughs> they're, they're number one track. <laughs> so good. Yes, yeah, so you have to look Probably. up some, some some John Bovey. Oh, it looks like someone's going into gondola pizza. Uh oh, a you pie is getting sold tonight. Ask him if they're getting provolone. <laughs> some provolone on that pie. <laughs> Can you spare a slice? <laughs> Fucking rights. Look at this guy. Uh, he could... Yeah, anyway. So... <laughs> Sorry. We're on track nine? We're on track nine. I, I you know, I, I got to recover from bad medicine. So, um, track nine for me, and this is uh, from 1983, and I'll, I'll preface it by saying uh, I found out about this song probably, well... It was in the, it was in 366 Tunes project from uh, July 31st. So roll it. Oh shit! All right. Shock. A song called Nightlife. Who's this by? Shock. Just an electro funk group from the early 80s. This is one of the greatest songs I've like. The Monster Mama Jam. It kind of sounds like Jive Soul, bro. I know. <laughs> it's got like so many little elements. Uh, well, big elements because it's in your fucking face. And uh, I, I just one of those songs where you're like, yeah, this is this is like 1983 electro funk. 100 percent. About partying. Can you imagine, like, going back to the '80s and finding like the electro funk station? I know. Be great. Like, would just change your life. It's such a just a great kind of genre. So many bands that just have one song, one one track, one single. You'll never see them. You'll never see a video. You'll just hear that song, and it'll just stick with you forever. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna play two songs because you got one left and I have three. Good, yeah. So I'll do two of them. So we just went through bad medicine. Yeah. So we we you know the the party kind of built to this crescendo. Yes. And now we we've got to slow it down a bit. Okay. This is Cheeseball Deluxe. Oh, it sure is. So this is a band called Breathe. Yep. They put out this album with two, like, monster... Oh, here we go. And he sounds like he's going to cry. Oh, he's into it. Yeah. He wants that, uh, you know. <laughs> the soul beneath that blonde-feathered mother mullet. Uh, I could have put... Uh, this one is How Can I Fall. Yep. I could have also put Hands to Heaven on here. Both from yeah, the same album. This is uh, this is better though. We'll get here. We go. We're gonna get to the course. This would be classroom dances. That's where oh, I go on mine. Here we go. Oh yeah, but oh, get along. But so you know, you're, you're like things are getting a little romantic. Yep. You know, with the with the ladies at the old dance. Yep. But then we need to send a message. 
yep. <laughs> to everybody after that. So we go to this. Okay. The original version of the song that I had was some dance remix. It was like eight minutes long. Really? So I I I found the regular version. I don't know if you know what this is yet. I'm, I mean, I recognize it, but I'm 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 working my I'm working overtime here. This is Jermaine Stewart, and the song is "We Don't Have to Take Our Clothes Off." Yes. Okay. There you go. You gotta oh, wait a minute. Let's let's let's. We're already dancing like three feet apart. Let's get it to three feet. <laughs> That's your game. Still, I'm not a piece of meat. Stimulate my brain. Not a it's basically about not so fucking. Yeah. <laughs> what, what a great song. Dance instead of fucking. And then here we go. Let's not take our clothes off. Let's let's dance. And instead. then out of nowhere, and drink some cherry wine. Like out of nowhere, it's like, where, where did that come from? It rhymed, I guess. The reason I knew this song is because um, my my mom was a uh, junior high teacher in the eighties. Yep. And in the eighties, you had air bands. That was like oh, yeah. what you had before karaoke, right? Yep. So the kids in her class wanted to do a performance of this song. So oh, they God. were so they were able to, but in the program they they called the song Cherry Wine cuz we oh, don't really? cuz we don't have to take our clothes off was a little too controversial for junior high. Which is funny because the song is all about not it's like basically <laughs> like uh, about uh, dancing instead of fucking. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a, a great a, message. It is such a wholesome 80s message. Yeah. I was um my my son is gotten into a new song. Oh yeah. And uh and it's fine. It's it's uh what the fuck song was it again? But uh it uh oh, he was just, he likes The Touch by Stan Bush. Oh no. Well, cuz it's from tra- I showed he saw the album cover when it came up on iTunes when I was doing something else he was listening to the Rescue Bots theme song. Transformers Rescue Bots and uh that he'll he'll Y'all, uh, when, 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 when all's hell's breaking loose and I was like, ah, it's, it's, it's a positive song. <laughs> It'll do. I saw that movie when I was fuck, like seven or eight, right? Ridiculous like, movie. It, it's a great, it's a great movie, but when you're yep. eight, you go and no, it's like so all, the trans- love Transformers. all the Transformers die. <laughs> I know it's craziness. And, Absolute craziness. And, uh, and there's a scene where, uh. Where what's his name? Um, not Rodimus, the other fucking semi that's uh, that's uh, for that that assumes temporary re- temporary leadership of the Autobots. Who took who took who took like in between Rodimus and Optimus? Yeah, what was his? name? I don't remember. Well, anyways, he's like the truck, and he's like he's anointed the leader, but he's not like he's clearly not the leader. Anyways, yeah. and then he's trying to open the matrix of leadership to to yeah. solve the situation, and it won't, won't open. And he's like, "Open, damn it!" I know, or, right? Or another one, though. I thought, I thought at the time this was a big deal, but now looking back, it's kind of appropriate when they see uh, Unicron eating the fucking planet the first time, yep. and it's Bumblebee and Spike in one of the moons, and they're like, "Oh shit!" And, and, <laughs> so good. and I was like, "Well, what else would you say?" Well, yeah, like really. Talk, we we started this show off with ET and penis breath, so <laughs> you know, the eighties were a different time. <laughs> they were. They and, were they were a different time. I'm, now, while you while you're setting your song up, by the way, I'm looking up this fucking name of this transformer because it's going to make me go nuts. Well, just look it up and then we'll then we'll go. All right. Cuz just just find it. All right, so, Transformers I, I do the movie. Know. What the hell is this? Transformers <laughs> the movie. All uh, right. Plot. Just scroll down to cast or something. Voice actors. It was Ultra Magnus. Ultra Magnus, that's right. Yeah. Oh god, Transformers. Oh, that could be a whole podcast. Ultra Magnus, who was basically just another semi truck. Like it was Optimus Prime with white paint as a toy. Yeah. He sucked. 
He did he suck. Uh, I gotta say, uh, we've been watching Rescue Bots, which is the like kind of semi new, kind of uh, younger kid friendly version of him. Such yep. a good show. So it's so good, so good. Because they, they just they don't really battle; they do rescues. Okay. But all of this prime all shows up and Bumblebee and and uh, it's pretty awesome. So okay, so we were talking about eighties being a different time. I I slipped something in here. I it's my tenth track. It's 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 the last song on side A. It is, um, it is a song that I definitely listened to, but I didn't, I probably, I probably heard it maybe, uh, in the eighties, but it was in the nineties, uh, that I like early nineties that I would have heard, heard it a lot. You would hear this song a lot if you were, you or me. So just play it. All right. <laughs> I, we, it's real American by Darren. Folks, is theme music. This is the greatest wrestling theme ever. It's a great music, uh, or a great piece of wrestling uh, music for sure. Yeah, it's top five wrestling theme songs ever. Like, it's it's instantly recognizable. It's great. It it is. It's Hulk Hogan. He's a real American. It, of course, wasn't written for him. But, no, you know. it, it was written for uh, Mike Rotunda and Barry, Barry Windham. Windham. The U.S. Office. Express. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, was, I wasn't I was even considering this until I was watching a bit of Saturday Night's main event in oh, one of the boxes of plunder you gave me. Did you see the video? No, I saw Paul Orndorff come out to it being uh, an yeah. asshole. Yeah. And I was like, this is wrong. I was watching it. And I'm like, you know, these many years, I'm like, this isn't right. It has to be Hogan. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think, uh, I had to add it because I did hear it a lot in the 90s when I started watching wrestling in 1990, but I didn't really, I probably heard it a couple times in the 80s, but it didn't stick. Um, yeah, this is it. I would caution anybody, though, looking up this on YouTube, to not watch any of Rick Derringer playing this, like, live with his band anytime, <laughs> like, in modern times. It, they're so bad. It's so bad. It just, it taints it. The you have to find the music video if you're gonna look it up. Put in oh, I've seen it. A Hulk Hogan real American music video where he's playing guitar, even though Hogan's a bass player, um, in real life, and he's playing that guitar in front of a green screen, but they've projected all sorts of Americana behind him. Yeah, and then there's one point where I think it's uh, um, oh, which dictator was it? He's got a picture of like uh, Gorbachev. I might have been, and he rips it up. Yeah, <laughs> he looks yeah, at it. I think it's Gorbachev. He looks at it menacingly, and he and he rips it up. Or or it might have been Gaddafi. Yeah, it was Gaddafi. And, yeah, he, and, and, and he, or or then he's uh, there's one where uh, Hogan's going down the highway on his wide glide. Yes, and then and then they With the big gorilla arms. Yeah, but then they kind of like shadow in this uh, this uh, cowboy riding a horse. That's right, like kind over of overlaid on top of him. Yeah, <laughs> and is Vince in it? Uh, no, Vince is in the pile driver music video. He's in the pile driver video. I like also when Hogan, he's got the, he stops on the bike and all the kids crowd around him. Of course. Because he's Hogan. Of course. That's all of it. He's a real American. He is. I love this song. Love it. I think it's genius. So it's on there. It, it, a nice capper to side A from 1985. So I, I skipped 83 and 84. Didn't hit anything. Uh, so my last song, and I guess the song that we'll wrap up, uh, part one okay. of our discussion with, uh, I needed something strong to end the side with so i went with this yes very close i almost put this on oh yeah yeah but i think i listened to it in the 80s a little bit because i had a rock 88 cassette i think the best use of this song this is uh you're the voice by john farnham from australia i know exactly what you're gonna say hot rod yes <laughs> Yes. Such a great scene. Yeah. And this won the like, Eurovision uh, Song Contest. Oh, yeah. It's huge in, song, in Europe. This song was a big fucking deal. Not here. Nope. So good. And I mean, we're going to get, we're going to let it play to the chorus. And I guess when we get to the chorus, we'll kind of let it play and we'll, we'll sign off. But it's like... The, I know why you like this too. It's got the pipes. Yes. but Yes, it does. This, this is the most over the top chorus. I know. Of any song ever. Here we go. Oh, good.
That's amazing. He's not well fucking done. around, right? No, he's not. Uh, so that, I, that's a monster song. Yeah. So, so I guess that's it for side one, right? Good job on side A. Uh, I liked it. Thoroughly entertained. So uh, next week we're going to do side B. Yeah. Actually, we're going to do side B in about two minutes. Yes, we are. But you'll hear it but, next uh, week. You're going to have to hear wait. it next week. So we'll see you next week, friends. And uh, enjoy the uh, the rest of your The Voice by John Farnham. Here we go.